Would you stand with me all over the house as we read Psalm 55? Psalm, we're just going to read about 13 or 14 verses here. And I'm going to bring you a message that the Lord really impressed upon me to preach this morning. So we're going to take our time and we're probably going to preach about a 40-minute message. So settle in here. Here we go. The Bible says in Psalm 55, this is David speaking, and he says, Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. Attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they cast iniquity upon me, and in wrath they hate me. My heart is sore pained within me, and the terrors of death are fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. And I said, here's the title of the message, and I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then I would fly away and be at rest. Lo, then I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness, Selah. I would hasten my escape, look at that word, from the windy storm and the tempest. Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues, for I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go about it upon the walls thereof. Mischief also and sorrow are in the midst of it. Wickedness is in the midst thereof. Deceit and guile depart not from her streets, for it was not an enemy that reproached me. Then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me, that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man mine equal, my guide and mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God in company. Father, would you take the message and speak to our hearts this morning. Increase us in wisdom and knowledge of you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. It's obvious as we read this psalm that David is under great stress. He mentions some things as he begins his prayer in Psalm 55. Oh Lord, there is oppression from without. There is hatred from without. There is horror. He used the horror of death from within. David just admits here that he is just overwhelmed. He's overwhelmed in the situation. He's overwhelmed emotionally. And it made David want to just fly away. He said, if I just had the wings of a dove, then I would fly away and be at rest. Have you ever felt like that? Has, has life just just seemingly overwhelmed you and things just, just tossed about around you and tumbled down about you. Oh, what's going on in the life of David here? Well, David's own son, Absalom, has risen up in rebellion against him. David had spoiled Absalom from a child and raised Absalom as a sissy. And now that Absalom is a man, he has been setting himself up as a favorite of the people for a long time. Absalom grew his hair really long and he rode around in a chariot and he began to tell people in Jerusalem, if I were the king, I'd straighten this mess out. If I were the king, I'd do right. And listen, he was all this while he was doing using political means to undermine David's authority. And David is going to be put under great stress because of this. And so David is paying the price for raising a spoiled brat. Somebody say amen. amen. 
And uh, so not only has Absalom here risen up in rebellion, but Ahithophel has also, Ahithophel was David's best friend. So now David is looking at a rebellion. They're wanting the throne. They're going to take his authority, the man after God's own heart, the king that God put into place, his own son and his best friend are after him. So David is under great duress. Let me say this, stress in our life often causes this mechanism to trigger in our life called fight or flight. You and I, when we get under stress, we're either going to put up our dukes and meet it head on or we're going to run from it. That is what the, the most time that our reaction is going to be. So in this situation in Psalm 55, David has chosen to flee. He's chosen to run. You say, David's being a coward here. No, he is not. In Psalm 11, if you read Psalm 11, he was in the same type situation. And they said to him, David, why don't you run away and flee to the mountains? And David said, how is it you can say that to me? I will not run. I will not flee. I'll meet this situation head on. And so what, it's, what the Bible is instructing us is, listen, there is a time to fight. There is a time to stand. But God give us the wisdom to know when it's time to just back off, retreat a little bit, and escape. We're going to discuss that in depth. And so if, here's what's going on here. David in the previous situation had stayed and fought. But in this situation, it is the wisest thing for David to flee. You say, why is that? If David would have stayed on the throne, he would have had to fight his own son. He would have had to fight his best friend. The, the city would have been split. The country would have gone through a civil war. And David steps back and says, wait a minute. I better not fight this time. I better escape. And so David takes his loyal friends and followers and he begins to flee. And that's when David turns turns his, his, his thoughts and his prayer to the Lord. Instead of a civil war, David just decides, look at verse 1, David decides to put this thing in the hand of the Lord. He says, give ear to my prayer, O Lord. Hear me, I make a noise. Did you ever just pray and feel like you were just making a noise? Let me tell you what I've always heard. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. Amen. Sometimes it's best just to pray. I mean, when your heart is overwhelmed, when things are going against you, when you don't know what to do, when you feel like running, hey, take it to the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Oh, he's got an answer. And so only through prayer and the wisdom of God are we going to know whether it's time to fight or whether it's time to take flight. And so we're going to look this morning at what it means to escape. Cognitive overload is something that pilots suffer from. If you're flying a plane and you have all the instruments and you're trying to maintain an altitude, an attitude, and, you're, and, and, and something goes wrong and something else goes wrong and, and the pilot begins to get overwhelmed, 90% of airplane crashes are because the pilot gets cognitive overload. He just can't keep up with everything that's going on and the plane crashes. And sometimes in life, you and I are going to get a little bit of cognitive overload. Thankfully, we're not in the air and we don't have to make decisions, split-second decisions. And so when, time, when life gets like that, sometimes you and I need to escape. 
Sometimes we need to flee. That escape time is a period of time where we decompress, where we reprioritize our life, where we tackle our problems in a, in a more timely manner and we put some more thought. And so David is fleeing at this time to a place called Mahanaim. And Mahanaim is the place that means where two camps meet. You might as well just say, David just said, to heck with it all, I'm going camping. Amen. And so David here is, we need to understand though, the uh, subconscious of the human being. There is a mechanism inside of us. Listen to me carefully. I'm in psychology now. There is a mechanism inside of us called escapism. Escapism. Sometimes if you look at verse, I believe it's verse 7, David even uses the word. Verse 8, I'm sorry, I would hasten my escape. And so this mechanism inside of us called escapism is going to make us want to get away at times from all of our problems. It is a human mechanism. David here is not fleeing because he, because he is afraid. He's fleeing because it is the best thing. But here's, what I want to, here's the point that I want you to get this morning. When we talk about escapism, this is not only a human being, it's not only a human an attribute it is in the word of God escapism can be looked at in two ways sometimes let's all just admit it's good to get away it's good to take a vacation it's good to drop work for a little while it's good to rest your mind for a little while it's good to get away from just get away and just refresh somebody say amen it's good but here's the problem today, and it's growing in today's culture. We want to escape reality. And friend, going camping, you're not going to escape reality going camping. You're not going to escape reality by fleeing somewhere else, by moving to another area, by taking another geographic state. Listen, you're not going to escape reality, and yet we're seeing that in our society today. That's why a lot of people just stand and look at their phone. It's escapism. They don't want to be here. They don't want to be talking to you. They don't want to be in this situation. They want to play Candy Crush. Oh, I hit somebody. Who's laughing the hardest? The hen that cackles late dig. They, listen. On my phone, I have Wordscapes and Wudoku, and sometimes when I come home, I just sit down and I play a little while. You know what that is? Escapism. I want to get away. I want to get away from the physical world. I want to get away from the real world and just go into a virtual world. Are y'all with me? A world that's not real. A world that is full of fantasy, and we all have that mechanism in us. And so a lot of people today are going through this escapism where they want to escape from reality into this virtual world, put on their headphones, block out the voices of the world. The metaverse, if you know anything about AI, the metaverse has replaced the universe. People are living in video games and in a virtual world that is not real. Friend, that is unhealthy. It's one thing to do as David here to escape to Mahanaim, the place of two camps. And it's another thing to put on a goggles and just live in a virtual world and try to escape reality. 
I understand that life can get tough. Amen. I understand that David said, oh, I had the wings of a dove. Then I would fly away and be at rest. But listen to me this morning carefully. There are people, even young people, who are trying to escape reality so much that they are doing this, this word that's called anthropomorphism. You say, what is anthropomorphism? It is trying to pretend or morph. They're pretending that they're morphing into animals. They're, they, they call them furries or fuzzies or something. I don't know what they call them. And, and, and listen, it's happening in our own society where kids are showing up dress, dressing like cats at school to the point that they've even requested a litter box at school for human beings to use. That's escapism. That's escaping. And, and it, it's... You have to say, what is going on in the life of a human being that makes them want to even escape who they really are? And live in this virtual, this video, this unreal world. Listen, I understand that times can get tough. The Bible says, Job said, my days are spent without hope. Cain said, my burden is more than I can bear. Isaiah said, even the youths shall be faint and weary. It's one thing to escape because you're weary or you're fatigued or you're stressed, but it is another thing to withdraw and try to escape reality. Thousands of people, millions of people want to die. The suicide rate in 2020 is 12.2 million people considered suicide in 2020. 1.2 million of those people actually committed suicide. The top nine leading causes of death, one of those is suicide for people ages 10 to 64. People are grieving all over the globe. Save us. Save us from war. Save us from hunger. Oh, help us escape this crime rate. Save our homes. The divorce rate is 50, 60, 70 percent in some cases. And people all over the globe are saying, save us. We want to be saved. It's, our world is tumbling about us. And yet David here says, oh, that I had the wings of a dove then I can fly away and be at rest. Can I just give you the bottom line before I go any further? The only way you can be saved is Jesus Christ. Amen. You say, preacher, you're talking about salvation of the soul. Jesus died on the cross, that little simple plan of salvation. Jesus died on the cross that he might save our soul. Listen, Jesus will save your home. Jesus will save your life. Jesus will save your finances. Hey, if you'll turn your problems over to the Lord Jesus Christ, you can find a place to fly to. Amen. He'll give you wings, praise God. You say, preacher, you're not living in reality now, am I not? You try Jesus and see if it doesn't work, praise God. 
I was watching a, a video on Billy Graham. One of his, uh, boy, Billy Graham used to be a preacher, man. And, and, and I was watching one of his videos, and he gave this example. He said there was a missionary on the field. That man had a doctorate. He held a doctorate in the ministry in theology. He had pastored churches. He'd been a Christian counselor, a Christian worker. And he said, he came to Billy Graham, and he said, you know, I was on the field. And he said, uh, this young man was dying. And he said, I went to his bedside, and that young man said, I'm dying without hope. Can you help me? Can you give me something? And he said, I didn't know what to say. And Billy Graham said, my goodness, you didn't know what to say. What's wrong with you? It's God's simple plan of salvation. There's hope in Jesus Christ. There's hope in the cross of Calvary. Don't let your education and all your theology overlook the simple this morning. Jesus Christ saves. That's what that young man needed. He needed to hear about Christ. He needed to hear about the cross. He needed to hear how the blood can cleanse from all sin. Praise God, that's what he needed to hear. God, help us to take this simple plan of salvation to the world that's screaming, save me. Amen. We have, listen, we have the answer. We have the problem-solving manual. We've been given the power of the Spirit of God for those of us who are saved. God, help us not to practice this escapism, but fly to the arms of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. The Bible says in Acts if I forget the chapter. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. <laughs> Cody and Heather visited our church from Pennsylvania here a while back and they said, preacher, you just don't realize what it's like to be back home. What it's like to be back in a community like this. And I said, Cody, what you and Heather aren't realizing is this community is so influenced by the church. Whether people in this community are saved or lost, it is still influenced by the church. Are you with me? That you shall be saved in your house. Let me tell you something. The influence of the Word of God being preached in this county is influencing this whole county. And move somewhere else, friend, and see what influence it has up there. There's hope, dear friend, in the gospel for your dying soul. There's hope for your home. There's hope. Listen, the only way to escape is the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, the educated and the academic will say, Oh, you're really practicing escapism by believing on this Jesus. You're the one practicing escapism because... You don't like the world and the sin in the world and, and the Bible gives you something to believe. It was Karl Marx who said that religion is an opiate for the common man. Let me tell you something. The most real thing in this world is the spirit world. The most real thing in this world is that you and I are going to face eternity. The most real thing in this world is that we're going to stand before God one day and the books are going to be open. You better believe that's the real world. Amen. Amen. Coming to Christ is not an escape from reality. It is embracing an eternal reality. Listen, when you come to Jesus, you're going to have to face your sin. That's facing reality. 
When you come to Jesus, you're going to face who you are. That's facing reality. Those who won't face Christ are the ones who are, who are practicing escapism. Somebody say amen. amen. The Bible says, oh, I got a good verse for that. The Bible says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Praise God. Let me say that again. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? You know, Jesus faced problems head on. I mean, when he was faced with demons, he faced it head on. When he was faced with sickness and death and illness, when he was faced with those who were, were in conflict against him, Jesus faced it head on. But there were times when he told his disciples, come aside a little while and let's go to the mountain. This generation is called the tormented generation. There was a book written by that title in 1968, the tormented generation. Songs have been written. The songwriters speak of a troubled generation. We're troubled socially, economically, mentally. We're troubled in our generation. Uh, we're trying to escape. Nations are on the brink of failure. This globe is spinning out of control. How can I get away from all this preacher? Jesus said, I am the door. You know what a door is? It's a way of escape. There's an exit sign right back there. Put there because the uh, building code said to put it there. It's to remain lit at all times. Why? It's a way of escape. I'm glad this morning I've escaped. I've escaped my sin. Praise God. I've escaped the judgment of God. Praise God. I don't care how much trouble goes on in this world. Jesus said, in this world you shall have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I have escaped. I know what's real in my life. How can I be saved from all this, preacher? Well, technology's helped us to do things faster, but we have less time. We have more counselors than ever before, but we're living in a mentally unstable society. We say that we've progressed so far in medicine, and medicine's wonderful, but listen, the last time I checked, we have a 100% death rate. Medicine, in most cases, only prolongs suffering. Preacher, you're backwards. You're thinking backwards. Am I? Think, give it some thought before you judge me. We've developed coping strategies for our society, yet we've seemed to have lost the ability to cope with reality. We have safe rooms. We have sleep loss. We have uh, cognitive decline. We have what's called impaired executive function. Impaired executive function is the inability to use good judgment. Amen. Wow. Modern times, yes, modern times. No wonder David said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. Sometimes I look at this world and I say, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. 
And Jesus has got a remedy for that because the rapture of the church is soon to happen. That's not an escape theology. That's the truth of the Word of God. There's a second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's not an escape theology. That's the truth from the Word of God. Thank God I'm out of here, folks. One some glad daybreak, Jesus is going to come. That gives me hope. Praise God. It's not escapism. It's not pretendism. It's, it's not living in a virtual world. It's living in a world where the Bible is the word of God and has given us the eternal truths of heaven. Praise God. <laughs> oh, that I had the wings of a dove. Listen to me. You can flee from anxiety. You can flee from stress. You can flee from the duress of life if you'll run to Jesus. A few weeks ago, I, I played a little bluegrass show down at an airport in Johnson County, and we was picking, and all these, all these guys were around us and, at the airport, and I didn't realize that it was, a, it was a meeting of those parasailers. And all at once, those guys just got up and left. And I'm like, well, that was kind of rude. We lost our whole audience. And the next thing I knew, those guys were strapping on fans on their back and putting up these big parasailers. And one guy was standing in front of me this minute, and the next minute he'd strapped a fan on his back, and poof, he was in the clouds in about five minutes. And I'm standing there going, if I could do that, I'd bust my banjo to be able to do that. That looked, I mean, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. How nice would it be? So I went to the airport manager and I said, what do I got to do to do that? I want to do that. He said, well, you got to spend about $10,000 on equipment and $3,500 for six months of training. I said, I guess I'm grounded. Amen. <laughs> oh, that I had the wings of a dove. David was desiring the impossible. But yet Christ, listen to me carefully. I know the rapture is going to take place. The church is headed out. I know Jesus is coming again. We're going to get away from this world of politics and sorrow and bad news and fake media. We're going to get away. Praise God. But listen, the Spirit of God dwells in us to give us strength for today. Amen. I don't have to practice escapism. I don't have to put on a kitty cat costume and pretend to be somebody else. God gives me strength to deal with my problems today. Listen, when you cannot change the world around you, Jesus can change the world within you. Let me say that again. When you can't change the world around you, Jesus can change the world within you. And when the world within you has the spirit and the power of God, you can cope with situations. You cannot be overwhelmed with cognitive overload. Hey, God brings us a problem-solving tool. Look at verse number 22 of the same chapter. The Bible says David found the answer. I don't have time to preach the whole thing. But he said, cast thy burdens upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Thank God. Don't be moved. Listen, some people, 
Some people think if they can just move to a new location, they can get away from their problems. Listen, reality will follow you. Some people think if they can just move to another job that it'll be okay. Reality will follow you. Amen. You can't change the world, but you, can't let, you can let Jesus change you. Everybody's escaping. Where are they? <laughs> They're going to go fix lunch. It's 12 o'clock. Boy, on the dot. They're gone. Okay. We've got to close the message. You know, there are people today, as I close, who want to escape the biggest thing that people, don't miss this, the biggest thing that people want to escape is their sin, their guilt, and their shame. And there's only one way that you can escape those three things, and that's in the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to let theology complicate it. I'm not going to let biblical scholarship make it intricate. Jesus Christ is the answer. He is the answer. I think of Shakespeare's play, Macbeth. When Macbeth had murdered Duncan or somebody, I can't even remember. And, and he saw a vision at a feast. He saw a vision of that ghost. And he, this uh, uh, saying came out that said that Shakespeare coined this phrase, never shake thy gory locks at me as he spoke to the ghost. Let me tell you something. I don't believe in ghosts, but the ghosts of people's pasts are following them. The shame of their sin, the shame of the way they've acted and the things they've done, the ghosts of the past are following them. Yet, I think of Jesus as he looked at Mary and he said, Mary, thy sins which were many are all washed away. If you're in Jesus Christ and that old ghost from the past steps up, and says, look what you did, look where you went, look what you said, look at your actions. Hey, look at that old ghost and say, don't shake your gory locks at me. I'm washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm cleansed forevermore. I've escaped the judgment of God. I've escaped the penalty of sin. I am free in Jesus. Amen. Praise God. That is reality. And yet all the time, our world, I mentioned opiates earlier. I don't have time to go into the figures I looked up, but opiates are taking our nation. You know why? Escapism. People don't want to face their sin. They don't want to face their guilt. They don't want to face their shame, so they down opiates. You know what? It, it was Amos who said that a man fled from a lion and a bear met him. And that's where we are today. People are fleeing from the lion of their sin. And instead of running to Jesus, they run to opiates and they meet a bear. And it goes from bad to worse. Life just gets more complicated. Problems tumble around. Opiates only complicate. I think of this and I'll close. It's no different for the ministry. Listen to what? Paul said in first, 2 Timothy chapter 4, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Demas left the ministry. He said, It is departed unto Thessalonica. Crescens went to Galatia. Titus went to Dalmatia. Paul was left alone because of people leaving the ministry. In 2022, 
42% of pastors have considered leaving the ministry. Why escapism? Escape the reality of trying to pastor a congregation. Escape the reality of, of preaching and preparing messages. Escape the reality that sin is eating our world up. They're leaving. God help us to flee to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Baptist church can't help you. Church membership won't do anything for you. Hey, listen to me carefully. If you need help, you get to Jesus this morning. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to ask you a question, dear friend. What makes you want to escape? Oh, you say, preacher, the intensity of my trial. Maybe you're suffering physical pain this morning and seems to be more than you can bear. Maybe it's the length of the trial. You say, preacher, I thought the Lord would have moved in my situation before now. Jeremiah said the harvest is past and the summer is ended and we are not saved. There was a long trial for Jeremiah. You say, preacher, it's the frequency of the trial. It just seems like when it rains, it pours. Bad things are just tumbling about me. Preacher, instead of asking God for the strength to bear what I'm going through, I'm praying with David, oh, that I had the wings of a dove, then I would fly away and be at rest. I'm going to ask you, dear friend, if you have a special need in your life, won't you bring it to the Lord? We're going to close during this invitation time. Slip out of your seat and bow down on this altar and give it to Jesus. Cast your care on him, for he careth for you. Do what David did. Give it to the Lord. It's more than you can bear. Maybe it's your own family as David's has risen up against him. Maybe it's your, the pain you feel in your body or the hurt that you feel in your heart. The Holy Spirit is given to give us comfort. And then this morning, if you're lost, I'm going to give you an invitation quickly. If you're lost without Jesus Christ, I want to give you an invitation to come to Him. You can get rid of your sin. Amen. You can get rid of your shame. Amen. You can overcome your past. Amen. You can find this quiet place with Jesus today. There is a set of wings that you can have Christ will give you wings and you can fly away from the desperation in your life. He can lift you up. He can bear you on eagle's wings. You say, preacher, it's impossible for me to have wings. Oh, listen to me carefully. With God, all things are possible. If you're lost, come at this time, please. We'll wait on you. Just one minute. You say, preacher, it's impossible. You don't know where I've gone. You don't know where I've been. Well, with God, all things are possible. You don't know what I've done. Well, with God, all things are possible. You don't know what I've said. Well, with God, all things are possible. He'll give you wings. You can escape.
Can you say what she's playing? It is well with my soul. I can. Thank God. All right, let's be dismissed. Brother Brian, if you'll come and dismiss us, and we'll just make this a blessing for our food. Just join us over in the fellowship hall, and we'll have whatever the ladies have got ready for us. All right, just a couple of reminders before we dismiss in prayer.